Hello and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and this is part two of the gigantic Halloween marathon I'm undertaking. For those of you who are unaware, I am watching through every single Halloween movie to ever exist, so I'd recommend starting with part one. For those of you who are getting here from part one, well, let's continue then. I got another bunch of Halloween sequels to discuss. I watched all of these in a day, and I regret doing that because this is when the franchise really got terrible in my opinion. Yeah, I already talked about 4 and 5 and how they weren't great, but there was some charm to them. These are less so charming and more so, oh, I don't know, how you say, mind-numbing. So let's just jump right in, starting with Halloween 6. So the way I watched Halloween 6 was on a uh, DVD three-film set called The Halloween Collection. And uh, I'm going to be talking about the next three movies that are on this uh, collection because... Even though it's called the Halloween Collection, there's only three Halloween movies on here. And it's not even <laughs> the original Halloween movies. It's literally these later sequels. It's a very strange DVD. Let me let me talk about this for just a couple minutes. So it's distributed by Echo Bridge Home Entertainment. And their uh, tagline is... The entertainment alternative for what the world wants to see, which is very high and mighty of them, okay. Uh, I think the reason these movies are on here, so it's uh, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, which is Halloween 6, Halloween H2O, and then Halloween Resurrection. And I think the reason these are the only ones on this disc is because Miramax distributed them and produced them. Um, So I guess that makes sense. But it is pretty uh, um, scummy to be like, oh, this is the Halloween collection. And then, all right, I guess on the side it says Miramax Classics, which classics, let me put that in quotation marks. These are the later Halloween movies. They're not really uh, classics. In any case, so uh, the other thing, too, I want to say is the uh, order that these movies are in. So... The earliest one would be Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, which was which came out in 1995. Then Halloween H2O in 1998. And then Halloween Resurrection in 2002. But that's not the order that they're in. So on the back, it goes Halloween H2O, then Halloween Resurrection, and then Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. And also, Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection are on the same side of the disc, whereas the other side is for Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. It's just so damn near confusing. Like, I had to watch these out of order in order for them to truly make sense. But whatever. It's just such a weird DVD collection. Um, So, whatever. It's weird. On to the actual uh, movies themselves. Let's talk about those. So, Halloween 6, or as it likes to be called, Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers, because God forbid you put the number 6 in the title, because then that tells people, oh, they're on number 6. It's like, no, this is Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers. It's like, yeah, it's Halloween 6. Nice try. It sucks. I really don't like Halloween 6. So... Let me start by saying I did not watch the producer's cut. I watched the original theatrical cut, which is apparently the worst cut. Apparently people say the producer's cut is much better. 
I'm sorry, I didn't watch the producer's cut. It's going to be a long while before I watch the producer's cut. You know, I already got other cuts of movies that I would rather watch before this. I'd rather watch the, the other Blade Runner cuts that I haven't seen. The Richard Donner Superman 2 cut that I haven't seen. I'll get to the producer's cut of Halloween 6 someday. It's just not at the top of my priority list. Um, but anyway, just even with watching this theatrical cut, I f don't feel like the producer's cut would do any better for me. It's so 90s, this movie. It, the editing is very flashy and quick-paced, and it's very, very annoying. And I don't like it. Also, another thing about the DVD itself, there's no subtitles. There's no option for subtitles. It's like, come on, dude. Let me let me understand what the characters are saying. Like, I had to I had to turn up the volume so high in order to hear what the characters were saying. But then that made the loud sound effects and loud music even louder. So thanks for that, stupid fucking DVD. So this movie starts off with Jamie Lloyd, you know, Laurie's little uh, child who uh, was in the last two movies, except. She's not played by Daniel Harris anymore because, well, in this movie, Jamie's pregnant and giving birth. And I do not want to see a child give birth. But, I mean, they aged her up a bit, so I guess it's fine. But, like, still, really, you're going to start off with having a child who was a child in the last movie. Now she's not. Just give birth. It's like, oh, God, gross. Like, also... Spoiler alert, that child is Michael's. I don't think it's ever said in the movie. I don't remember it ever being said in the movie. It's said in the letterbox synopsis, which is very strange. I don't know. What a what a weird, weird way to start off your Halloween movie. Anyway, so yeah, you start off with an incest birth. Great. Uh, off to a high start, I can say. Oh, so Jamie gives birth. She then dies at the hands of michael and so then the baby is in the uh is in the uh hands of tommy doyle who's now played by paul rudd for no reason and he just has this baby for like the majority of the movie uh and then there's other characters there's the strodes who are the cousins of laurie again that's never really uh brought up you have to like go out of your way to know that it's like all right why are we introduced to these characters like the only characters from the original that are still around are tommy and michael and that's it like we had jamie who i'm like all right i know who jamie is and then you kill her off in the first few minutes it's like all right well like who am i supposed to follow it's like oh Lori's cousin who you guys had no idea about and michael's coming to stab them because they're in his house how convenient of that that's small fucking world that Lori's cousins moved into michael's old house it's just really really this is so stupid also this is the movie where we get the most involvement from this cult so for whatever reason this movie and even the last couple of movies have been hinting at this cult that's like worshiping michael myers but also not worshiping michael myers there's a cult in this movie 
for whatever reason, I don't know why. Why is there a cult? Why is there, like, a reason? You know what they're here for? They're here to explain why Michael does the things that he does. They're just like, oh, we're here to uh, worship Michael Myers because he's possessed by the devil or some shit. Just, I, don't, I don't even remember. Like, because who cares? I'm not here to watch a cult in a michael myers movie i'm here to watch michael myers kill people like that's what i'm here for you know what one of the best parts of this movie was when michael myers kills the dickhead father in the basement and the guy's head explodes it's like that was a cool scene because guess what it was michael myers brutally murdering someone like that's what i want more of not this cult talk not this cult backstory this lore to add depth to this franchise it's like i don't care i don't care about these other characters in a movie where I'm just supposed to watch Michael Myers kill people. Like, that's all it needs to be. Why do we have to include family members of Lori that we've never known before? Like, who cares? Really, who gives a shit? Just be Michael Myers killing people. Is that really so fucking hard? I will say another really funny part was when Kara jumps out the window, you know, Kara being Lori's cousin we've never heard of. She just jumps out a window when Michael's about to kill her, and it was really funny, actually. Of course, she survives, you know, naturally. She's one of the main characters, even though she jumps out a three-story window. It's like, oh, she she's hurt, but she survived. It's like, God damn it. Uh, anyway, then during the climax, it's Paul Rudd and Lori's cousin walking around this hospital that's run by this cult that worships michael but then they're also not worshiping michael because then michael comes and kills them and they're shocked by that i guess maybe because they were gonna sacrifice his incest baby but then it's like okay why were you doing that and how does michael know this how why were you guys at the beginning then with michael why is michael killing you why anything why does anything happen in this movie why is it when michael tries to kill all these doctors in this lab it's done in the lamest way possible like you finally have an opportunity to have michael slaughter a room full of people yeah remember back when i was complaining about that in halloween 4 how like there were two scenes of people watching the aftermath of a michael slaughter it's like here we actually see him like killing these people but we don't not really, because it's filmed in just the worst way possible. Like, flashy lights, shaky cam, quick cuts. It's just like, alright. Even Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 understood not to do that. Like, the bus scene where Leatherface just annihilates a whole bunch of people on a bus. That was filmed more properly than this. It's like, wh how did that movie not fuck up as hard as this movie did? That's insane to me. And then, of course, at the end, the movie says it was made in memory of Donald Pleasance because he died while this movie was being made. It's like, oh, well, great. Great, in memory of Donald Pleasance. I'm sure he would appreciate having Halloween fucking 6 made in his honor. It's like, how sad, man. The last movie you were a part of is Halloween fucking 6. What a unnecessary movie. What a unnecessary way of fleshing out M michael myers and the michael myers mythos it's just why is this cult here just adding on much more confusing bullshit that doesn't need to be there i don't want to see michael myers explained i don't 
need him to be explained. I don't need any of that. I just want him to be this psychopathic killer. Don't explain it. Don't explain it away. I don't need it. All right. It's like how, you know, they tried to explain why Corella is the way that she is and why Maleficent is the way that she is. It's like, don't explain why villains are the way that they are. I don't necessarily care, especially with someone like Michael Myers. It's like, don't. Okay, don't. I don't need it. I, I genuinely do not need it. But aside from that, the editing, the cinematography, all of that is garbage and really un unintelligible. It's just so bad. Some certain scenes gave me a chuckle, like I said, when uh, the dad's head explodes and when Kara jumps out a window, but... They're not on the same level as Halloween 5. Halloween 5 is a comedic masterpiece. This was just disappointing from both an ironic and unironic perspective. So, Halloween 6, terrible, terrible movie. Okay, but we still have two more movies to talk about on this DVD. One of them being Halloween H2O 20 Years Later. Alright, so first off, terrible, terrible title. So it's halloween h2o 20 years later now they think they're really clever by calling it h2o because it's halloween 20 years later it's like okay sure make it about water then have water play a part in the movie it doesn't they don't they're not near a body of water they don't talk about a body of water there's no water related deaths like i know you could do water related deaths Remember in Halloween 2 when Michael Myers drowned a woman in a scalding hot hot tub? It's like, yeah, I know you can do water-related deaths. Also, the, when the dad's head exploded in Halloween 6, like, that was because the basement was flooded. Literally no water deaths in this entire movie. You even had a bathroom scene. There was no killing done in that bathroom. No water-related deaths in this movie that's called H2O. Oh, God. Anyway... To complement the movie, it does start off with Joseph Gordon-Levitt getting his head uh, caved in by an ice uh, skate. That was very cool, and I would have done that too uh, after watching Pinocchio 2022 with him as uh, Jiminy Cricket. It also starts off with um, uh, the narration over the credits, over the opening credits, being from Dr. Sam Loomis talking about Michael. But it's not Donald Pleasance. It's actually famous voice actor tom kane doing an impression and it's honestly really spot on like if you hadn't if i hadn't known that tom kane did the voiceover because you know i looked in the letterboxd uh cast list and it, it credits him as dr sam loomis voice it's like oh wow like yeah cool this guy does voices for clone wars and he does a really spot on impression of donald pleasance from these movies it's like it, it, had i not known that i would have just assumed it was uh just previous recorded previously recorded stuff from donald pleasance but no it's some other guy and he really does a really good job at it it's really cool anyway back to shitting on this movie still no subtitles by the way yeah no subtitles on this movie either which is still annoying um so this is the first halloween movie since the second one to have jamie lee curtis as laurie and if you remember back in halloween 4 they heavily implied that she had died in a car accident well in this movie she's actually under the witness protection program because uh she didn't want michael coming after her 
Which is really strange because it's like, okay, at the end of Halloween 2, it's heavily implied that Michael's dead. Like, we don't know that Michael's alive until the very beginning of Halloween 4. And according to the movie's logic, Laurie was killed before then. So I don't, I don't understand. Why did she go into witness protection program when she knows that Michael is dead? Is this saying that halloween halloween's two four five and six are not canon i don't know like it's never really explained very well are we just supposed to assume that halloween one is the only canon movie to this in which case okay i really don't like when movies do that where they're just like oh the previous movies don't count like it's it's only the first one counts it's like well great like what was the point of the last 20 years then of sequels like if you're going to make a movie again work with what you got don't be lazy and be like oh those don't count those those aren't canon it's like well then you're just a bunch of lazy pieces of shit whatever fine h2o halloween one is halloween one and h2o are the only canon ones apparently in which case h2o still sucks it's so bad okay is it as bad as halloween six no but it does this thing that really annoys me so h2o is the first halloween movie to come out post scream and it's very obvious that it is because there's so many fake out jump scares and it is infuriating. I really don't like fake out jump scares. It annoys the hell out of me. I, I don't like jump scares to begin with because they're a lazy way of filmmaking, but something that pisses me off more is when it's a fake out jump scare where it's just like oh, oh it's not the killer oh it's not anything it's like well then what was the actual point of that first of all jump scares are unnecessary to begin with fake out jump scares are even more unnecessary i can't stand them and guess what this movie has them every five seconds i am not kidding they are so constant I can't stand it. It is so annoying to watch. It's like the movie is so self-conscious about itself that it has to just spook you every 10 seconds it gets a chance. It's annoying. So many jump scare stingers. It's actually it actually makes the soundtrack much more intolerable because you just have these musical stings like duh, 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 every five seconds. It's like stop it just stop it i can't stand it and guess what even if there were wasn't so many jump scare stingers in this movie the movie still sucks the acting it's so bad like jamie lee curtis is a good actress but she really just does not want to be there she's so tired of it all she, she this, this is like what only the third halloween movie she's in but like she knows that it's halloween 7 and she's like good god can we please stop with this josh hartnett is bad like yeah he plays her son and he's terrible he's really awful i don't know why he was hired uh well i do know why he was hired he's a pretty boy and apparently and they're just like oh we gotta have a hot teen idol to play laurie strode's son yeah, he sucks. He's he's so terrible. I don't know if he's good in other things, but he was very bad in this. 
LL Cool J's in this movie, and his shtick is that he reads erotic fan fiction to his wife over the phone. That was not funny. Um, then just a whole bunch of bullshit happens throughout the whole movie. Just Lori's an overprotective mother. Josh Hartnett is a piece of shit son, and they're always fighting with each other. And it's like, well, great. I'm so glad we're watching this family drama unfold when I don't really give a shit. Like, come on, man. I mean, the problem is they're both just not sympathetic. Like, I get it. Lori experienced a traumatic event in her past, but then she just comes across as kind of an overprotective bitch in this movie. And Josh Hartnett, I get it. It's like he doesn't want to be coddled anymore by his mother. But then it's just like, all right, dude, like your mother experienced a shitty situation back in the day. Like, give her a fucking break. But then it's just like, oh, oh, boo-hoo to both of us. And I guess they solve it in the end. I don't know. I don't think so. Because we never see Josh Hartnett again in any of these movies. I don't think he's in the new ones. I haven't gotten to them. I don't care. I don't know if the, if he's canon enough. I don't know what's canon anymore. Whatever. In any case, the climax happens. And it's so lame because Michael finally gets to kill people. And it's... I mean, the the kills are nice. You get occasionally cool kills. You get uh, this girl trying to get out of a small elevator and Michael cuts it and it drops on her leg and her leg genuinely looks like it's about to fall off from it being cut almost all the way through. It's like, oh, that's really neat. I like that. Then, um, oh, one of the main characters shoots LL Cool J but then LL Cool J is okay by the end because he just has a bandage wrapped around his head even though he got shot. It's like, oh, okay, how how convenient, how fucking convenient. Oh, God. this. I'm told this is one of the better Halloween sequels, which is complete bullshit. It's not. It sucks so much. Then... Michael and Laurie have a final showdown at the end, and you know what? Maybe in 1998 that would have been freaking cool. For 20 years we've been seeing Michael terrorize people, coming back and whatnot, and seeing him and Laurie fight each other, it's like, okay, that would have been cool. But it means nothing, because that was back in 1998, it is now 2022, and we're still getting Halloween movies to this day. So, clearly... Whatever bullshit they were going to pull at the climax just meant nothing. And you know what? It did mean nothing because it's literally just them fighting. And then Lori takes his body in the coroner's van. She hijacks a coroner's van and just drives away with Michael's body, which everyone's like, oh, he's definitely dead. Oh, here's the thing. So she's about to deliver the final blow. And LL Cool J comes up to her, snatches her, and he's just like, no, he's dead. We got to get out of here. It's like... How do you know, dude? Like, you don't actually know. There is no good reason for you to be pulling her away other than to just make the movie go on longer. So anyway, like I said, the coroners take Michael's body, put him in a put him in a van, and so then Lori hijacks that van and drives away. Guess what? Michael comes out of the body bag and starts to terrorize. So then she's like, oh, I can't have this. So then she drives off a cliff and... Lori falling down a mountain? She survives. Okay. 
I, I, whatever, whatever. The movie's almost over at this point, so fine. So then she approaches Michael, who's like between a tree and a van, and he's stuck. And so then she's like, Michael, and they try to have an, an emotional moment, but like, really, come on, guys, it's it's Michael Myers. Like, you, the point of Michael Myers is that he has no emotions. Like, this is not a scene I want to see from halloween but whatever so then she chops off his head it's like well great that's what we wanted to see but you wanted to stretch it out even more because you know a movie just can't be short it has to be like stretched out unbelievably long but whatever michael myers is dead except he's not because i know he comes back in the next few movies so like this would have been an awesome scene had this actually been the last Halloween movie. Like, could you imagine how awesome that would be? It's like, oh shit, he ch she chopped off the head of Michael Myers. It's like, great fucking scene. But it means nothing. Because we get more Halloween movies after this. So I'm just kind of left scratching my head like, well then, what does this movie have going for it if it's not the finale? Like, Endgame for example, is a great finale. I know it keeps going, but like, it's still a decent finale to the movies that led up to it. Return of the Jedi, great fucking finale. I know that it keeps going after that, but it's a great way to wrap things up. Here, it could be a great finale, but it feels so lackluster. And I feel like it would be a lot more impactful if it actually was the finale, but it's not. So, because it's not the actual finale of Halloween, and because it's not actually good, what the fuck does this movie have going for it? Nothing. Like, it's just so boring, it's so insistent upon itself with its family drama and Laurie having trauma from the, from the first Halloween night. It's like, okay, but you're not doing anything interesting with that. I'm sorry, you're not. And then again, the ending is then retconned in later movies, so it's like, well then, what was the point of it all? Like, what does this movie have going for it then? It's literally just the 20th anniversary movie for Halloween, but that doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. Whatever. This is a bad movie. It's slightly better than the last one. I like it slightly more than Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, but that's mostly because it doesn't have... Uh, incest babies or boring strode cousins like it's fine for what it is it's got a good ending but the ending would be a lot better if it actually amounted to anything so fuck this movie it's aged worse than the movie from the 70s yeah this movie came out in what 1998 the year i was born and it ends on a creed song fucking shit like i love late 90s early 2000s cheese but man sometimes it's really irritating yeah like i said it's it's aged worse than the movie from the 70s so take that for what you will i guess and one more movie on this halloween collection dvd uh from miramax we're talking about halloween resurrection uh this is, again, on the same DVD. Again, no subtitles because, you know, wh why Why read when you can just listen to the terrible audio? Um, this movie is despised. People hate this movie. And for good reason. It's another Miramax uh, classic produced by Mr. Weinstein. 
Um, yeah, I, that's something I should have mentioned, by the way. Since this is Miramax, it's these are all produced by uh, Harvey Weinstein. Uh-huh. Hmm. Funny enough, this is a movie where every guy character is kind of a horny pervert. So, <laughs> hmm. In any case, besides that, Halloween Resurrection is despised by a lot of people. Uh, first reason, the opening is just insulting. So, it retcons the hell out of the last movie. So, you know how the last movie ends with Laurie chopping off the head of michael myers with an axe it's like all right how the hell are you going to explain that away well it just so happens while laurie was brought away by ll cool j one paramedic walked in to like examine the body he gets choked out by michael who is alive by the way uh then Michael switches clothes with this paramedic who just so happens to have the same body type as him. And so then when Laurie eventually hijacks the van and the guy wakes from his coma that uh, Michael put him in, he is writhing around and tries to kill Laurie even though he's trying to tell her that it's not Michael, it's this random paramedic. But then Laurie chops off his head anyway and then it's like, oh, so Michael gets away, but this random paramedic got killed by Laurie, and then so then Laurie is put in a mental institution. It's like, wow, what planning from Michael Myers. Like, everything went well to a T. Everything went well, went his way. Congratulations, Michael. You are one of the best planners in escaping ever because man did everything just happen to go your way it's amazing how much foresight you had in order for this plan of yours to work genuinely one of the most baffling retcons i have ever seen in a movie it's insane if i saw this in the theaters back in 2002 i genuinely would have walked out like i don't think i could ever sit through a movie like that seriously again like you you've done it like you you you've essentially established yourself as just a terrible piece of shit from then on it's like there's no way you could be taken seriously i mean this is a movie where busta rhymes is the first actor credited like busta rhymes busta rhymes is the top build actor in this movie i'm <sighs> I'm speechless with this movie. I am so speechless. And I haven't even gotten to the main part of the movie. I haven't even gotten to like actually any of the movie. Because technically I've only talked about what technically happened last movie. I haven't even talked about this movie. This movie is insane. So okay. Laurie's now in a mental institution. Awaiting for Michael to find her. Because apparently he can find her. Whatever. So on the night we're we start the movie he immediately finds her and breaks in killing a bunch of people what fucking timing so then laurie has been anticipating this visit from michael and she has everything planned out just as well as michael did she even sets up home alone traps for michael on the roof how convenient 
but Lori doesn't go through with killing Michael because, well, remember the last time she tried killing him, it was the wrong guy. So she wants to make sure this is actually him. Even though, who else would break in to kill her in the Michael Myers costume? Like, I don't know, just go for it. Like, what, are they going to, like, put you away twice? Like, you're already trapped in a mental institution. If it's the wrong guy, you're not going to go anywhere. But whatever. She's about to kill him. Then she decides, no, I got to pull the mask off. So then that gives him ample time to, like, grab her. They're leaning over the side of the building. He stabs her. And so then Laurie, you know, naturally kisses him on the lips and says, I'll see you in hell and falls to her death. I'm not making any of this shit up. This actually happens in the first five minutes of Halloween Resurrection. This is how the movie opens. This is how your Halloween movie opens. You kill off Laurie Strode and then you just have Michael for the rest of the movie. Insane, right? Like... Who came up with this? Well, apparently, the director of Halloween 2. Yeah, the same guy who directed Halloween 2, the original from 1981, he directed this. Insane, right? Anyway, so now Laurie's dead. What the fuck do you do for the rest of the movie? Well, before, Michael just hands a bloodied knife to some one of the mental patients who then proceeds to talk about michael myers's birthday and every day he killed somebody and the amount of victims he took and the way he says it makes it sound like uh four five and six are not canon in which case okay whatever i I, certain movies just don't apply to other movies like this this franchise is really at odds with itself and it's really funny Every, so now we get to the real story where no characters have any familial relationship to Michael Myers. It's just a bunch of random college kids. And you know what? Finally, finally, nobody who's related. Now, there's no cousins of Lori. There's no illegitimate daughter of Lori. There's no Lori herself. There's no Lori's children. There's d- nothing. No character is returning it's literally just michael myers and a bunch of random college kids fine i'm okay with that it's like great i i don't need laurie to come back i don't need any of these random characters to come back just make it a bunch of random ass people fine like that's all you need to do this is apparently the most hated one and it's the one that actually does something that i've wanted to see from a halloween movie since the first one If you're going to continue with Michael Myers, have him kill just random people. It doesn't have to be people related to Lori. It's just, just, just random people. Just do that. Just do that. So anyway, it's a bunch of random college kids and they're tasked by this TV studio to explore Michael Myers's house and come to the conclusion why he does the things that he does. Um, and also it's being live streamed over the internet and oh boy yeah yeah no that's <laughs> that, that i'm not making that shit up if you thought the beginning was bad oh mama the rest of the movie is about as laughably 2002 as you can get so like i said the internet plays a big part in this movie by that i mean 
you know, the old people making this movie think writing emails on the internet is literally just typing on Word documents. That's what it looks like. Every time someone writes an email in this movie, it looks like they're typing on Word documents. I'm not giving, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's, it literally looks like that. It's really, really strange. Anyway, the main character is Sarah, but, you know, she's so lame and boring because she's not like the other college kids who get to be on this TV show. She doesn't want to be famous, whatever. This literally does not pl play a part into the movie. It's so forgettable. I think the movie even forgot it. Fine, whatever. There's a lot of uh, scummy early 2000s-isms to this. There's a shot where Tyra Banks is walking to make coffee and the camera just like stays on her ass the whole time it's like yeah it's a nice ass it's tyra banks for crying out loud she's a model of course it's it's a nice looking ass but like what the fuck does this have to do with the rest of the movie it's literally just horny old men filming this it's like great so glad we had the ever so vital tyra banks butt shot in this movie so important the references are so dated in this movie. There's this part where they're just like referencing Survivor, and I know it's still going on Survivor, but like it, it's not as big as it used to be. So like you know, nobody understands these references. The dubbing is pretty bad in certain scenes, almost as bad, if not worse, than the dubbing from the first movie. Uh, the characters keep repeating facts about the original Halloween events because the movie assumes that we're all idiots in the audience who forgot these facts. And I get it's being live streamed so you can explain, oh, like the characters are just explaining this to the people watching. But it's like, okay, but this is a very famous event in your universe. Like, shouldn't a lot of people know this? Like, I don't know. Think once for who your audience is. Just think for a second. Think for a second who your audience is. Anyway, so the rest of the movie is pretty much just these dumbass college kids getting killed by Michael and this uh, live stream is happening and everybody who's watching it is just like, oh, it looks so fake and Buster Rhymes is hosting it and it, he dresses up like Michael at one point for no reason, just so then it's like, it's because so, then he goes on a rant about like how like, oh, America doesn't want to see reality they want to see something with a little more pizzazz to it a little more spice it's just like oh god the lack of self-awareness in this movie is astounding it's so insane just how this movie is just like yeah we, they, they don't want to see something real they want to see something interesting it's like okay and yet you're like puppeting around this franchise like it's supposed to be a corpse that you can just mold to whatever you want it to be and that's not what halloween is halloween is a very specific kind of slasher movie and you're just making it this early 2000s dog shit where buster rhymes is doing kung fu he kicks he kung fu kicks michael out the window and it's so funny and then sarah breaks out a chainsaw at one point because this movie forgot what franchise it was a part of and then Buster Rhymes says two very funny lines that are very infamous. People don't like it. I loved it. It was him saying, trick or treat, motherfucker. And then he says, hey, Whitey, happy fucking Halloween. It's like, these are such terrible lines, but oh my God. Just the way Buster Rhymes delivers them, like he thinks he's cool, just makes it funnier. And then he gets thrown against a wall by Michael, and it looks straight out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. 
And then at the end, the movie tries to have a message about media not respecting privacy or whatever, but, you know, it's fucking Halloween Resurrection where your top build actor is fucking Busta Rhymes. They do not have the skill or talent to pull off this message coming across as genuine. It's so forced and so not understood properly by the filmmakers. There's so much more to Halloween Resurrection because overall it is just a complete and utter failure as a Halloween sequel and as a horror movie in general. But man, was it funny. I loved every second of it. And I know I'm in the minority with this because people fucking hate this movie. They think it's one of the worst Halloween movies ever. It might as well be the worst received Halloween movie ever. And everyone's right. It is completely one of the worst Halloween movies ever. But I love it because of that. Because it is so insulting, so terrible, so bad that it's hilarious. I have not felt this way about one of these Halloween movies since Halloween 5. It was refreshing to see a so bad it's incompetently funny movie in this franchise. Like, the last two are so bad they're boring. This was so bad it's funny. I had so much fun with these early 2000s cheesy moments. It was great. I don't know if it's quite as funny as Halloween 5. It has the potential to be, but you know what? I don't want to rewatch both movies anytime soon to find out. So I'm just going to leave it as Halloween 5 is funnier. But this one, this one's almost as funny. It is so shitty. I love it so much. Okay, that's all three movies from the Miramax Classics Halloween Collection. Yeah, I'm not keeping this DVD. Not only is it a very strange DVD, it's just annoying. Just the way it's organized, how like the movies on the back are not in chronological order. They're just in whatever order this movie, this DVD deems to be it in. It's annoying. And honestly, out of all three of these movies, the only one I would ever keep is Halloween Resurrection. I know that's weird because people hate that movie, but it's so funny to me. I need to watch it again next Halloween because it's so hilarious. And I'd rather do it on like a nice DVD, Blu-ray. I don't care. Just that's the only one of these I would actually keep and rewatch. I'll get to the producer's cut of Halloween 6 someday, but it's not on this DVD, so I'm not keeping it around for that. So goodbye, Miramax Classics Halloween Collection. Uh, I hardly knew ye, and I don't care. Get out of here. But wait, there's more. We need to talk about another DVD pack of Halloween movies. That's right. We got two other movies to talk about this episode. That's right, people. We've made it to the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. We're going to be talking about uh, Rob Zombie's uh versions of the halloween movies so in 2007 rob zombie made halloween a reboot of the halloween story so this is essentially just the first halloween movie the one from 1978 but rob zombified so this was actually my first rob zombie movie funny enough um which is really cool so it's on this canadian double feature dvd so Here's an interesting thing. Because it's Canada, it gives you the option to play it in either English or French. Oh, and also, no subtitles. Because, you know, 
why would it? I want to read what what the characters are saying, but no, I I, I don't get that luxury. Whatever. Anyway, so essentially, this is the 1978 movie. You know, you got Michael Myers killing people as a kid, but that's literally the first 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So this is Halloween, but longer. So instead of Michael Myers being this uh, normal kid who just snapped one day, and we don't really understand why he did, we get it in excruciating detail why he is the way that he is. He has a bad family. He has a stepfather who yells at him. He has a mom who's a stripper. He kills animals for fun. He's not respected at school he gets bullied by the spy kids boy who says come and it really made me uncomfortable it's just like all right you're explaining everything as to why he does the things that he does and yet i still don't know who michael is as a person as a character you're trying to flesh him out and in turn you're making him even more confused as a character because he's the villain of halloween why should i care who michael is he's the villain he's the sociopathic psychotic serial killer he is pure evil as dr loomis says and in this movie he even says that dr loomis this time played by malcolm mcdowell he he is essentially saying hey the the eyes of this person there's nothing but black beyond them like he's just a stone cold killer it's like okay then why did we spend the first 40 minutes fleshing him out? You know, that feels kind of shitty, actually, that we're trying to sympathize with this serial killer. It's like, why? Why? Like, all right, fine, I get it. You're trying to be different from the original, but then actually be different from the original because guess what? You still come to the same conclusion at the end where Michael Myers goes on a killing spree. Like, there's nothing different here except you're adding on all this bullshit. It's literally just Cruella. Except this movie actually does have Michael Myers like commit these heinous crimes towards people. Whereas Cruella pussied out and didn't actually have Cruella kill all those dogs. Ooh. Anyway, also, the cinematography and editing is really bad. Everybody has a close-up on their face. The shaky cam is just constant. It's all so distracting and terrible. Why? Why do we need shaky cam? Like, why do we need these close-ups? Like, it doesn't add anything to these characters. Like, I'm sure it's trying to make the scene more tense, but it's not. It's making it unintelligible to see. It's like, I, I, I'm getting a headache by just looking at it all. Why is this movie so long? Oh, right, the all-important Mike's mom strip routine. Yeah, there's a scene where Sherry Moon Zombie, who, by the way, is Rob Zombie's wife, who also can't act to save her life, she has a strip scene where she's just like on a pole and it's like, oh, well, great. I'm glad we're watching this couple of seconds that were so vital to this, the plot of the movie. You know, making Michael come from a bad home isn't as scary as the original. Like I said, the original kind of implied that he was just like this normal kid who someday just snapped. And then over the years, we don't really see what happened between that event and then the next event. Because all we get is Dr. Loomis just being like, oh, he's a psychotic killer. Like, he, there's nothing left. He's not human. Like, that's all we needed. That's all we needed. Because it kind of made it scarier. It's like, oh, what did happen to Michael? Like, why is he the way that he is? It's scarier to just 
assume this kind of stuff, not be told this kind of stuff. Because now he's just a bad kid from a bad neighborhood. It's like, okay, that's not scary. That's just obvious. It's not. It's less enthralling. It's less interesting. It's like, all right, you're just telling us. So like, all right, then we don't really care anymore. We don't care for Michael Myers. He's not an interesting villain. We're just like, oh, he's a killer. There's nowhere else to go with that. We already know. We, we already have been told what he's about, why he is the way that he is, whatever. Just, God, it's so annoying that this movie tries to flesh out Michael Myers. And it tries to make things a lot longer and more interesting. But it just comes across as less interesting. It comes across as more boring, actually. It's just the first movie, but edgy and longer and has Big Joe Grizzly, who is so far the only addition to this movie that I like. Yeah, Ken Forey, the guy from a bunch of horror movies. I know him from uh, Texas Chainsaw 3. He's in this movie as a truck driver who gets into a scuffle with Michael Myers, and he's really funny because he's just like this big character, and he's only in the movie for not even five minutes, and then he's killed. It's like, well, great. Laurie in this movie looks like Tamara from The Nostalgia Critic, which I think is really funny. Um, Michael tries to kill people the same way as he did in the original but again it's just not as interesting it's just more drawn out there's a lot more shaky cam what a really confused movie oh here's another thing that really irked me so it has a a scene of characters watching the thing from another planet which is something they did in the original there's a scene where they play don't fear the reaper by blue oyster cult so like this is such a confusing movie because it's like okay you're a remake you're a reboot you're trying to do things differently than the first movie why are you actively using references that were made in the first movie like in the first movie yeah they had the thing from another planet playing on the tv and they had don't fear the reaper by blue oyster cult playing on the radio it's like you don't have to include those in this movie like isn't the point that you're trying to you know put in your own references put in your own ideas like why are you reusing references from the last movie it literally makes no sense i don't know why it's doing that other than i don't know i guess they assumed if we didn't like then would people understand that we're remaking halloween it's like no people would still understand you're just being idiots who just don't know how to be original i guess in any case, like I've been saying, it's literally just the, the first movie, but edgy and longer and not as good. The climax is much worse because it's literally just Laurie screaming her head off and Michael trying to stab her, but then he doesn't. It's literally the most bored I've ever been watching a Halloween movie was this movie. And I'm supposed to be told that Rob Zombie's like this you know, maximalist director who just goes so hard with the edginess in his movies. And he's he's known for his exploitation films. And I'm like, all right, but it's so boring. Like, there's nothing to it. Like, yeah, it's edgy, but nothing interesting happens. I'm so jaded by this movie. It's just so lame. And I'm told it's interesting and more edgy, but like, I'm just not interested in the slightest. It's so boring. 
I really don't like this movie. It's just the first movie, but lamer. I know that it probably has its fans. Well, sorry. I'm just not one of them. It sucks. I don't like it. Not a good reboot in the slightest. And to uh, move on to the last movie on today's episode, let's talk about Halloween 2. Not to be confused with Halloween 2, um, directed by Rick Rosenthal from 1981. No, Halloween 2, directed by Rob Zombie. Now, more specifically, this is the theatrical edition. That's what it's advertised on the box. I did not watch any director's cut. I don't plan to watch any director's cut. And not in the same way that I don't want to watch the producer's cut of Halloween 6 just yet. I really don't want to watch the director's cut of Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. I really don't. But before I get to that, let me talk about this DVD. So, this DVD gives the option to select Halloween 2 on the side of the disc that has Halloween 1. So... This being, there's only one DVD, you'd think, okay, both movies are on the same disc. So, usually, they'll either be on the same side, or they'll have, like, the flipped sides. So, this movie, when you put in for Halloween 1, it gives you the option for Halloween 1, like I said. But then it also gives you the option for Halloween 2. So, then you're like, okay, cool, you select it. And then it tells you to, it goes to, it, it goes to a black screen that says, Flip the disc to view Halloween 2. It's like, okay, why did you give me the option then? Like, I probably would have figured that out then if you're just not going to do that. So then you flip the disc over and then it shows you Halloween 2. But then it also shows you Halloween 1. So you're like, oh, that's confusing. You click on Halloween 1 and it's like, flip the disc over for Halloween 1. It's like, why are you giving me the option then? Like, just say just 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 show one option so then i can be smart and be like oh if it's only giving me one of the movies on this one side of the disc then that means i have to flip the disc over and get the other one like when you show me both movies as an option like you're just making it more confusing than it needs to be <sighs> freaking canada man like why'd you make this alliance dvd double feature oh by the way the alliance logo at the beginning of every movie is it just has this extra theme song where it's like this grandiose alliance theme song it's like yeah great this is the only dvd i've seen from you guys i mean to be fair i'm in america and this is this is you know what this is probably like the big D canadian dvd distribution any listeners from canada please let me know if you've heard of alliance for dvd distribution because i sure haven't it also gives the option for French, and there's still no subtitles. This is just an episode full of no subtitles. God forbid I want to read what the characters are saying. <sighs> okay. Anyway, on to the actual movie itself. This is the worst Halloween movie yet. I am not kidding. I genuinely fucking despise this movie. Halloween 2. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is fucking pretentious and i did not think i was gonna have to throw that word out when talking about a fucking halloween movie but no it is pretentious as fuck i hate that about this movie so halloween 2 it literally picks up where the last movie left off actually no it starts off with a flashback to when michael and his mom were in the 
a state penitentiary. So obviously Michael was put away in the state penitentiary after killing all his family except for his mother and his little sister. And so then his mother just kept visiting him until she eventually committed suicide. But in this movie, you get a clip of one of their visits that was not shown in the last movie. And it's an entirely different kid because, you know, the kid who played Michael Myers in the last movie was too old, I guess, to play him anymore. So they had to replace him with a completely different kid. And it's really funny how out of place he is because he looks nothing like the last kid. Anyway, and it's literally just to establish that at one point, his mother gave him a white horse as a gift. And that white horse plays a big part in this movie because Michael's just like, oh, I had a dream about you where you were in a white dress and you had this white horse and you were coming to take me away from this place. It's like, and then that imagery is used a lot in this movie. Why? Because Rob Zombie thinks it's symbolic. In any case, I'm still not a fan of the Rob Zombie shaky cam cinematography. I'm still not a fan of just the way that it's filmed but it's okay because 20 minutes into the movie it changes cinematography so let me just talk about the first 20 minutes it's literally the exact scenes after uh the first movie where like it ends with laurie shooting michael and then uh the coroners take away michael to the coroner's office and by the way those coroners driving the van are you know talking about fucking corpses naturally because this is a rob zombie exploitation film so everything has to be fucking edgy then they hit a cow and it's actually really cool i will admit the gore in this movie is a lot better i like how bloody it is it's actually they actually don't shy away from it you actually see this cow explode on the side of the road it's like cool i like that but then Lori's in the hospital getting surgery and again the gore on that is really cool i like it and then Lori's just walking around screaming her head off because she doesn't know where she is and naturally there's only one nurse to help her out and then she's called in to help out with somebody else so then she's like oh honey you can find your way to your room right it's like no she's literally injured but whatever so then she walks around and then michael myers is there he he killed the nurse all right i will admit there's a really cool reveal where like uh laurie finds the nurse and it's just like nurse i need something for my head and then the nurse turns around she's got like a gash through her face and she's like yeah me too and then she falls over and michael starts stabbing her it's like all right that's a great reveal i like that that was cool but unfortunately laurie does a lot of screaming and it's annoying like more annoying than the constant screaming in the first texas chainsaw massacre movie but whatever that movie i was okay with it because that was part of the movie whereas this it's literally just it's it's just so annoying in any case she tries to escape michael she gets cornered and then it's revealed it was all a dream It's all a dream in the first 20 minutes of this godforsaken movie. So, to explain it a little, the first part of the movie where Michael escapes from the coroners is all part of the actual reality of the situation. He actually does get away and is actually roaming the fields of Illinois 
becoming essentially this giant hobo. But anything having to do in the hospital was all entirely Lori's nightmare. So what happened is now it's a year later and she's living with the sheriff and Annie and she just has major PTSD from the situation. And that is the theme of the day with Halloween 2. The major theme is getting over PTSD. And letterboxed users will praise the hell out of that. Because if a movie actively tells you what its themes are, then that means it's good. Because, you know, a movie can't be subtle. A movie just can't just be a subtle portrayal of this kind of stuff. It has to spell it out to the dumbasses in the audience. And so then once you as an audience member know it, then you're like, oh, well, then that means it's good. It's dealing with very heavy subject matter. Great, great. I... <sighs> Let me just say that I don't know if this movie portrays PTSD in a great way. Maybe it is accurate. Maybe the pretentious letterbox users are correct in saying like oh it deals with trauma and ptsd in a very nuanced way fine okay great it still sucks okay the cinematography is annoying first of all so like i said the cinematography takes a nosedive when you when it's revealed that it's no longer laurie's dream it looks like a tv show i'm not kidding it gave me flashbacks to texas chainsaw 3d where it looks like straight up like TV slash even YouTube video quality filmmaking. It's like, really? Really? Rob fucking Zombie with universal money is given nothing to work with. Actually, no. Was this Dimension filmmaker? I don't care. It, it's a major studio movie, for Christ's sake. And this is the quality of filmmaking that you're given? Like, are you kidding me? Like... I thought this was a major studio movie. Why does it look like a fucking TV show? Why does it look like a fucking YouTube video half the time? It's like, really? Why? What? What is the point? I guess because the budget went into the actors then. Okay, well guess what? The actors fucking suck. Laurie's just screaming her head off. Malcolm McDowell just really does not want to be there. Sheriff Brackett, okay, Brad Dorff is actually probably the only good actor in the movie. Like... He's the only one trying. Like, when his daughter dies, I'm not sad because the daughter actually died. I'm sad because Brad Dorf genuinely seems broken up by it because he's actually a great actor who knows how to give off the vibe that he actually gives a shit about her. It's like, okay, but that's it. That is the only actor in this movie I actually give a shit about. It's literally just the, th this movie is so bad. Because, like I said, it's theme about it has themes about PTSD and trauma and stuff like that. But it doesn't do anything interesting with that, okay? It's literally just Lori acting like a piece of shit to everybody around her. And I'm just supposed to be okay with that because, oh, she experienced something traumatic in her life. It's like, alright, that's not a good portrayal of that kind of stuff then. Like, you can't just make someone out to be a piece of shit and then explain later on, like, oh, it's okay. She, she experienced something bad in her life. Like... Okay, that's not an excuse. That's just saying you're a piece of shit, but you also experienced something in your past. It's like, okay, don't say that. That's not how you portray PTSD and traumatic stuff like that. Like, you don't do that. You, you, oh, God. 
and even not just that, there's symbolism everywhere in this movie. You got the white horse, you got Sherry Moon Zombie as a ghost uh, in, to Michael who, who sees her, but also Laurie sees her because they're connected, because, you know, they're related, because, you know... It, when you're siblings, you can see the same thing as your other sibling because, you know, you're related. So you can see the same things that they see in their stupid, stressed out mind. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it fucking works. Like, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm absolutely speechless with this movie because it's trying to be this serious deconstruction about trauma and themes of ptsd but also weird al yankovic is in this movie he's he makes a couple cameos in this movie when dr loomis goes on tv and he just so happens to be there okay you're trying to be the serious deconstruction of ptsd but then you also have weird al fucking yankovic making jokes which is it movie you can't have both of those things like yeah i love weird al yankovic in fact Weird Al was the only positive I have for this movie because I love seeing Weird Al Yankovic in things. So like, great, show me more of him in this movie or take him out completely of the movie and actually focus on deconstructing these aspects of the movie. You so desperately want to be seen as interesting for doing so. You so desperately want to be seen as smart and quirky and symbolic. But what are you actually saying in the end? PTSD sucks. Oh no. Like I my 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 perspective on that is completely changed now. Great. I'm so glad we came to the conclusion that PTSD sucks and it makes someone act like a piece of shit. I'm so glad that's your conclusion of this movie. Oh, also Lori, even though she's I'm supposed to be feeling sympathetic for her, she comes out at the end being just as crazy as Michael because I guess because she stabbed Michael to death and now she's wearing his mask and now she's in a mental institution and life sucks for her now. It's like, well, great, great. I'm so glad we watched this character who seemed relatively normal at the beginning of the first movie and is now just a piece of shit who's crazier than her family. Oh, yeah. So she goes on a fucking tirade about how she's a part of this fucked up family it's like okay you were a child no not even a child you were a toddler no not even a toddler you were a baby when the michael did all these killings you don't remember any of it you're shocked to find out that you're related to michael myers okay whatever like you don't share any of the same personality traits as michael did like you are so far away from michael and this crazy ass fucked up family that it doesn't matter it's like how in texas chainsaw 3d i can't believe i'm making so many connections to texas chainsaw 3d but like you know the main actress realizes that she's related to leatherface and she's horrified by that but it's like okay you literally did not know this to begin with that doesn't mean that you're now all of a sudden just supposed to side with Leatherface because you're family or like you're just as fucked up as him like you share no personality traits with Leatherface so like you being related means nothing it means nothing stop trying to make it seem like something it means nothing 
or maybe this is all just symbolism and like it's all just metaphors because again at the end she's like in some crazy loon bin and she sees sherry moon zombie and the white horse and she smiles it's like okay what is that supposed to signify that she's crazy oh no it's symbolic for whatever rob zombie feels like saying in that moment i'm sure god fuck this movie fuck it straight to hell it's so terrible i like i've made it no secret before that i hate when movies just devolve into symbolic bullshit i hate when jordan peele does it i hate when men did it i hate when darren aronofsky does it just stop it make a movie have symbolism in the background like don't bring it to attention don't do that and especially in a major studio movie like this where it's about a a previously established ip this is why movies like the matrix resurrections and the last jedi are so uh divisive and now i can see why halloween 2 is divisive because it's pulling the same shit it's just outright saying this bullshit symbolism and pretentious assholes on letterbox just praise it because oh it has a deeper meaning so that makes it good but then like you know the rest of us normal people are like okay but the movie sucks because just because it has these you know symbol symbolisms and meanings and themes and deeper like metaphors and whatever other buzzwords you learned in english class in college it doesn't matter because the movie sucks it doesn't have good pacing or good cinematography or good editing or good acting and just because you have these deeper themes doesn't make your movie automatically good like you need to actually explore these themes in interesting ways not just have moments where the characters reflect on symbolic images it's like that doesn't mean anything if anything it makes your movie worse because you're dealing with these heavy themes and you're not doing them justice this is why i hate movies like men because yeah you're dealing with really really heavy themes but you're not saying anything interesting about them in which case people are going to take the wrong message from that and just be like oh well now anytime a movie deals with these kind of things i'm not going to take any of it seriously so you're actively working against the message that you're trying to convey like i don't think anybody's going to take ptsd more seriously because they watched halloween fucking 2 they're not i'm sorry if anything they're going to take it less seriously now which is very harmful like if you're gonna talk about ptsd and trauma in an interesting way actually do so in an interesting way not this bullshit fuck you rob zombie fuck you you asshole you guy who made the monsters which i haven't seen yet so i don't know maybe it's good maybe it's bad i don't care fuck you you piece of shit i hate your halloween movies i hate this dvd I'm not watching Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie director's cut. I've seen enough. I've seen what I need to see. And that's it. That's all I'm doing. I am not even going to go close to it anymore. I never want to see these movies again. They were such a waste of time. I can see why they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis and the original Halloween storyline with the 2018 movies and beyond. Because Rob Zombie clearly just had nothing else going for his movies. So you know what? I just, I never want to see this these movies again. This DVD I never want to see again. Even if it is an interesting Canadian DVD, fuck it. It's not staying in my collection. So goodbye Rob Zombie Halloween movies DVD Alliance double feature. <sighs> 
And that's going to do it for this episode. I am very exhausted, and I'm still not done with this marathon. Yes, I have three more movies to get through. Three more, and then I'm done with Halloween forever. Well, unless I decide to rewatch some of these, but as for a huge marathon of every single movie in this franchise, yeah, no thanks. I'm not doing this again anytime in the soon department. So, thanks for watching and listening, and stay tuned for the final installment of the Halloween Marathon, where I'll talk about the most recent movies, which are sequels... Reboots... Uh... Mm. Well, they're written and produced by Danny McBride for some reason. I don't know why.